Hello from the ABC Music Talk podcast. I'm adding to the current affairs category again with a press release that caught my attention recently. The headline read, Fuga partners with Verify Media on blockchain metadata service. Now, for a nerd like me, that was like a red rag to a bull. I had to learn more. But before I introduce my guest, a quick reminder to go rotor your videos. Rotor is for artists, managers, labels, or anyone in the music industry who needs to create video content for promotion or monetization. Rotor makes it fast, easy, and inexpensive to do all of that in one place. Head to www.abcmusic.co and click the Rotor logo on the homepage to access a 10% off discount for the service. Blockchain. It's one of those terms which I think many people in the music industry went from being super excited about to now kind of rolling their eyes every time they hear someone who isn't from the industry mention it, specifically when they try and apply it to our industry. Presumably, this is why people, like my guest, are brought in to make them look not only legit, but most importantly, make sure it has the right market fit. So, welcome to the show, industry and metadata advisor to Verify, Vicky Nowen. Thank you so much. (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, So, every guest, every guest has to give me their origin story. So, how did it all begin for you? Like, how did you end up kind of advising these kind of leading technology companies? Take, take us through it. Well, you know, I, I was working in radio and when the first Snapster happened, I remember reading, you know, I was a huge music lover, huge, huge music fan and using the first Snapster. And I immediately thought, you know, like everything just changed. Everything changed. You know, we're no longer going to have to go to record stores and dig through the import bins and get cutouts and, you know, be subject to what the you know what the radio stations play we're going to be able to have access to everything i want to figure this out and that's basically turned into this this 20-year odyssey um where i you know the first thing i did was i got a job at real networks and they had a joint venture with major labels at the time called MusicNet, and it was one of the first legally licensed services and um and i was there I, i called myself the content girl they didn't call me that but i it was like 70 men and me and one other woman who was a designer. And uh, and it was a really harsh entry into the world of software because I didn't know very much about it. I had worked in radio and I worked with music labels and music companies all the time. But um, but it was it was really eye opening because I I realized very quickly in that environment, like, OK, this is going to take a long time. I had been very naive thinking all we have to do is put a transaction on, on this and legalize it. And we're, we're, we're done. Right. And then I got to understand the politics and everything that the industry had to lose by losing the physical, uh, CD market. And, um, and I didn't think it would take as long as it did, but I just became really obsessed about figuring all of the different aspects of digital music out. So I did, you know, I, was it real? And then I built one of the first legally licensed uh, DMCA compliance services with KEXP, which is a tastemaking station in Seattle. And they had gotten funding from Paul Allen and Vulcan um, to build out a, a whole slew of online features and functions. So I got to learn about how do you interpret the law and how do you create products within the constructs of law and then make those meaningful to end consumers. Um, and then I, from there, I realized, oh, this is going to be global The you know, every, there's no longer going to be geographic borders. And 
So then I decided to do an MBA on international business and did that for two years. Um, and that was through the London School of Economics, NYU Stern and Ashase in Paris. So it's a program called Triumph. So what I decided to do during that period of time was, I try, that was my first real go at consulting. And, um, and I was doing licensing music in Europe and Asia back to iTunes and helping companies that were traditional media companies transition to digital. But it was a really small. It was very, very small in terms of, um, in terms of what I was doing while I was doing my MBA. You know, I was just doing it part time. And then when I finished the MBA, I got, um, I got a call from Sonos and they were just, it was a typical, you know, recruiter on LinkedIn. And I didn't know hardly anything about the company, but I had spent years, you know, the previous years doing all sorts of business in China. So I became really interested in, in devices and they were so far ahead of the U S in terms of you know, mobile phones and mobile, mobile technologies and consumption of media. And, you know, at that time it was ringtones, ringbacks. This was in like 2004 to 2007. Um, so I became really interested in devices and how hardware, software, content all work together. Um, so I joined Sonos and I was in the product group there. And so we had this, you know, home Wi-Fi listening system and we were trying to integrate music services from all over the world. Um, I was on the it was on the team that built out the first API and and really was you know very very early days. Everyone was talking about mobile and we were working on the home, and I'm still really passionate about the home for music because I feel like you know that's where you can just you know sing out loud and dance and that's where music is really in such a natural listening environment. Um, and so I did that for two, almost three years and then, um, and then moved to LA. I was in Santa Barbara and then I moved to LA and started up seven digitals, us business, which was supposed to be just a three month project. And it ended up being four and a half years. And, uh, and that was, uh, you know, seven digitals, a, a backend music platform and, um, and so you're, you know, you're licensing music from all the major labels and independent labels and publishers all over the world, and then amalgamating that into an API and a set of rights that you can then extend to third parties. Um, it was it was amazing experience of really seeing everything in the sausage factory. You know, the distribution, the metadata problems, the licensing issues, business models. And, um, and I did that for four and a half years. And then I decided I needed a break. I was really burned out and I took four months off. I resigned and I took four months off and I just bought a house. And so I worked in my garden with a pickaxe. I was pulling up weeds and old Ivy and just, you know, kind of took this time to clear my head and decide what I wanted to do. And then I was like, what I really love is working with lots of different companies and, uh, you know, across different technologies, across different verticals, but sitting in between music and tech. And so I started up this consulting advice, restarted the consulting advisory business. And I've been doing that for the last six years. And presumably one of your clients is Verify. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> one of my clients is Verify. And so I tend to work with a combination of like, Big companies, you know, that are enterprise companies that might be lacking subject matter expertise, 
you know, I've been an advisor to downtown music on acquisitions. I'm working with Beat Saber and Oculus right now. Um, I work with Sound Exchange with with um, you know Bose and and Spotify, and I I have a mix of bigger companies as well as early stage startups, and um, and I try to be really picky because I feel like you know life is short. You know I should be picky and choosy about who I work with, and and so um, so with the with the Verify team. You know, they're they're a, a really interesting mix of people that are are very passionate about blockchain, but they're also taking a really pragmatic approach to the music industry, which I feel is is absolutely necessary. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much for that. Um, it was really interesting to hear how you sort of went back into education to kind of realize that you needed to kind of understand a bit more to you know to, to be able to come back into the industry and uh, make a difference, which you, you definitely have done. Uh, you know, for, for my listeners' benefit, Vicky is the sort of person that I've come across multiple occasions across multiple companies that she's worked with, uh, and it's always an absolute pleasure and joy to work with her. So, for listeners to this show, uh, they they know that the sort of the marriage between music and and technology is very much my kind of sweet spot. Especially Especially when you chuck in the specifics of metadata into it and i'm kind of really knee deep in the sort of interest level of that um but perhaps what's not as well known is my unhealthy interest in blockchain technology which of course like most people i came to through the sort of you know cryptocurrency world but i also want to add a little caveat right now and i did check with vicky if it was okay to say this but uh, you know neither vicky or i are you know particularly close to the raw technical side of any of this so if you are a listener and you are more proficient in the inner workings and jargon of blockchain technology uh, forgive some of the faux pas that we may make as uh, a little caveat there <laughs> uh, yeah well you know I, I figured it was best to sort of get that out of the way okay so can you uh, i know you've spoken a little bit about verify but can you just introduce the company a little bit more um, because my understanding is that it is the new, the new name for dot blockchain which benji rogers uh, was a co-founder of Exactly, exactly. And, um, and I think that, you know, I, I, I had helped them in the really, really early days of when, you know, right around the time the dot blockchain was being formed, you know, and I, I kind of helped shine a light on some of these problems in metadata, because I think that, I think that's at the, I think it's really important is the core understanding of this company is that, is that, you know, if you think about metadata for both master and publishing like you know we are in a machine readable world we are no longer in the world where we keep information in you know on on index cards in a in a shoebox um you know we're we're now having terabytes of transactions every month and everything is being done by by machine to match up sound recordings to publishing to make sure that we are identifying the right songs and the right owners and that the money and the data is going to the right right places, and you know, in the industry, the you know the backdrop behind this all these problems with metadata is just simply when the industry was disrupted in 2000, all sorts of business models happened, and there was you know there were you know lack of standards, we had lack of consistent business models, we had all sorts of all sorts of messiness that started to get pushed out via master recordings into the ecosystem. So we would have things in those earlier days of digital that were like, like Jay-Z would be J-A-Y hyphen Z, J-A-Y-Z, J-A-Y space Z, J-A-Y-Z-E-E. -E. You know, these are all different, different 
you know, naming conventions that came out with Jay-Z's music and every other artist imaginable. And sometimes, you know, they come from dis different distributors, different labels. They're just mistakes in data entry. And, um, and all of these, all of these problems make, make, you know, make for a lack of consistent um, ability of you end users to find all the music and search and find all the music that they love. But they're also really deep in the ecosystem of how do we know who to pay? How do we know who owns what and who to pay? And, um, and so we've, you know, we've, we've, the toothpaste got out of the tube by distribution and having bad metadata all over the world. And then it became something where we realized, okay, this is a really big problem. And DDEX came in and kind of started standardizing the delivery of master recordings from DSPs or from labels and distributors to DSPs. So they did a really good job of standardizing and making sure that people are using ISRC codes consistently, which is a unique identifier for the master recording. And there's a lot of work underway right now with publishing as well. But one of the one of the problems is that the the metadata gets separated from the sound recording. And so we, you know, even through all the best efforts, these problems just occur all the time where, you know, a new release is, is put into the ecosystem and it doesn't have publishing assigned or something gets into a DSP and it's the wrong artist tagged. And, um, and a lot of these things have now been, been largely cleaned up. But if you think about what is what is a modern use of technology that would help to keep identifiers intact and blockchain came on the scene and the you know in the early days i think that benji and some other real early enthusiasts went around the world and you know preached the gospel of preached the gospel of blockchain and everything that blockchain can do for the industry um but I think there were there were some things that that went wrong in that early phase. And for instance, you know, there was a lot of discussion about, you know, blockchain is going to completely disintermediate labels. There will no longer need to be any labels because artists can put their music out on the blockchain and users can transact and they don't need anything. You know, I, I'm I'm never going to be I'm never going to be someone who 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 sits on a panel and says you know it's over for labels because it's not they're evolving and there there's a place and a role and a function for labels um, and that's not you know while while yes blockchain could completely decentralize everything and not require anyone but except the artist and the fan that's theoretical you don't really need blockchain to do that you can do that in you know Bandcamp or you know <laughs> any other any other ways of, of putting your music out on the internet um so the narrative evolved and um and there was a there was a period of time where crypto kind of you know you know the um you know icos you know the initial crypto offerings you know these kinds of things happened and there were all sorts of um, activities around blockchain fraud and you know hacking and everything that that I think exhausted people about the technology. But I believe that there's really really important things. The use of blockchain technology can help our industry. And 
you know, these are permanence of data that if you have, if you have data that's reflected in a blockchain, it's there, it's permanent, it's stamped. And if there's, for instance, if a catalog changes owners, if it's sold from Sony ATV to Warner Chapel, there would be a stamp and a hash on the, in the blockchain that would permanently show that yes, it previously was owned by Sony ATV and on this date it, it transit, you know, it, it changed ownership. And so we can have permanence of data in the blockchain so that catalogs changing hands and all sorts of, all sorts of other, other changes that happen around music, um, that that data is permanently attached. And it's also decentralized in, you know, and this is a really fragmented industry where we have, we have, you know, thousands, you know, with like 120,000 publishers in the U.S., you know, you know, probably millions of artists and, you know, many, many labels. The decentralization is good because it also allows everybody to kind of keep track of their own, their own data. Um, and, and it's transparent and there's, there's two sides to that. You know, the transparency issue is not necessarily something that everyone in the industry embraces. Um, we have a we have an industry that's got, you know, a daisy chain of private, uh, you know, highly confidential agreements that are, you know, not, you know, most of the most of the labels are not going to be interested in having full transparency around artist deals for for sure. And, um, and so there's, you know, I think that there, there's, you know, there's completely open blockchains and then there's permission blockchains. And, um, and I think things that are permissioned are probably more appropriate for the music industry. And, um, and what we've seen with, with Verify is, um, is, uh, you know, a startup that, that had some original ideas about, keeping metadata intact and associated with sound recording that has morphed and has matured in its understanding of the market and understanding of the problems in the landscape to now being really a set of, of, of systems and tools that are not, they're not necessarily blockchain first. You don't, it's not screaming blockchain, but it is the underlying technology is um is is being utilized to be able to um to have a, a parallel distribution with fuga as as one of its main partners and seeing music go from labels into dsps and then back out that has all of this information that's still intact and it's a it's a parallel system and um and it's a real world example where it's not necessarily about you know disrupting anything in the value chain but it's about enhancing uh, a very complex ecosystem with some modern technology that's brilliant yes and you mentioned the the issues around data entry and of course fuga is one of those companies that personally is a favorite of mine i've always liked how fuga conduct themselves in, in the industry um i particularly like their hybrid model that allowed for greater flexibility for copyright owners to interact with DSPs, i.e. you could have your own deals with Apple or Spotify, but you could also then use them for more sort of aggregation type services. Um, so it's no great surprise to me that they are committing, if you like, R&D resources to these new technologies. So from, from the point of view of the, you know, the press release itself, uh, can you just give a sort of like fairly high level description of, of what the deal entails? Yeah, yeah. So the way that it is going to work is, is you know, Fuga already has 
systems in very sophisticated systems in place that work with independent labels all over the world, really flexible in the kinds of models that whether they opt into Fuga's deals or have their own direct deals, they're already, they already have a system where music is flowing from, from independent labels into Fuga and then out to many DSPs around the world. Fuga takes all of the reporting back in from all those DSPs, amalgamates it, puts it in a dashboard and then reports back and pays out to the labels. You know, they've got this full, very sophisticated full cycle. Um, and what this is, is, is basically it's a, it's, it's almost like a, a secondary version of that platform where it's a, it's a registry. It's a, it's, it's taking a lot of that data for very specific rights holders within the Fuga environment and, and, and mirroring what is in the traditional system. And part of it is uh, part of it is a, you know, is an end to end proof of concept and in a real world because, and we need that because blockchain has been has been really separate from from most of most of the traditional problem solving that we have in the industry. But what this is um, what this is really designed to do is to you know match works and recording data and to cleanse the metadata and make sure that it's correct and that we've got some permanence of. We've got some permanence of, of any corrections that are made and modifications of it. And, um, and it's an integration that will really provide this more dynamic um, metadata management solution via the blockchain. So, yeah, so thank you very much for that, that description there, Vicky. I mean, it, obviously, to me, it all makes sense um, because I think one of the other things that we'll, we'll get to sort of talk about perhaps uh, later on is the fact that Fuga represents record companies, recording artists, um, maybe even distribution companies, which is all on the master side, they may well be carrying some of that publishing information. But ultimately, what th what this is going to go on and do is also bringing other partners, other people to adopt what you guys are up to, so that you can bring all of that information together. And that that's kind of the sort of the crux of of what the proposition is here. I, I hope I understood that correctly. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, the the holy grail here is that we have a song. And it has a master recording owner, usually a label, usually one owner, and we have publishing ownership of that song. There can, there's, I think, an average of eight or nine writers per song now. Um, so the 50 million songs that we have in every DSP, you know, you take that times times 10, you know, and then we have, you know, 500 million, <laughs> 500 million rights owners and splits. And right now, in the, in the supply chain that Fuga has and other distributors, the metadata that's associated with the master recording stays pretty intact with the actual delivery of the sound recording into the DSP world. But then publishing is added later. It's matched at collectives. It's matched at third-party ad rights administration services. But if you think about a world in which the publishing was included and was was appended to the original distribution of the sound recording and never got separated from it that's so much cleaner it's so much less messy and um and that's kind of the holy grail and we're you know ddex is ddex is trying to do this where they're you know they've got a field in the ddex delivery protocol of 
um, of composer and publisher. And so labels can populate these fields, but they're not necessarily accurate and they're not consistent in how they do it. But you, you think about, you know, maybe there's a different source, maybe there's a better way, and maybe blockchain is a better way to take the granularity of the publishing ownership and tie that back to the master recording. And that's really where Verify sees itself as tackling some of these specific problems that are in the ecosystem and saying, how could we do this different by smarter and more elegant uses of technology than what we're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one of the things I particularly like about the way that this is set up, and and again, for listeners, I think of this podcast as sort of, you know, education through storytelling. So let's tell the story about how Verify does this, which is they are actually leveraging a couple of third-party platforms which do one particular thing very, very well. Um, So can we just talk really briefly, because I think it's relevant to what you just said there, uh, the Xactuals company. Um, which are essentially a, a metadata cleansing firm. Can you just introduce those guys real quick? Oh yeah, they. I mean, Exactuals, Exactuals is great. Um, they're now owned by City National, but they they started out um, really looking at you know trying to become a you know a, a source of truth around metadata and ownership. You know, for the purposes of being able to pay out everyone. So. They're one of a handful of companies that has a database that's that people can ping and can can say you know look up and say you know this is what we this is what we believe the owner these are who we believe the owners of this song are and they can ping and find out yes or no and what is the difference and so the, then there's a process of comparing and making sure that you've got all of the right metadata and core descriptors as well as unique identifiers yeah so uh, in, in addition to all of the uh, you know the, the companies like fuga that will be feeding into this you've also kind of got this other sanity check going on as a sort of you know sort of a third, third party uh, which is which is great it's it a really really good use of that their technology and then the other the other key one um and i don't know all of your partners but Cardstack. so Cardstack have created a, an application framework the season develop for different industries and they created cardboard for the music industry so can we now i know you've talked you've, you've touched on this already so forgive me for asking you to repeat yourself a little bit but can we just revisit how the data moves through the different layers um people talk about layer two technology and, and all that kind of stuff can you start to demystify a little bit of that because my understanding is that the blockchain that you're using uh, to make the registrations is the ethereum network which some of my listeners may be familiar with already this is probably where we're getting into the, non, <laughs> into the non-technologist sure. part of in the non-technologist part of this. But what Verify is trying to do is be able to be a tool, a, you know, a tool, a toolbox that's working with other third parties that have access and that have information in that it's already associated with the sound recordings. And so, bringing these, um, bringing all of these different points of truth together, making comparisons, and then being able to validate that what is being um, put into the, that's what be, that's what is being put into the blockchain is actually accurate. So what I'll do though, is I'll put a link to the Verify website because it has some really useful diagrams and videos explaining kind of how everything kind of moves through. I actually, in, in my research for this, I did go away and, and have a little look at what Cardstack were up to, because of course, as, as I mentioned earlier, they're, they're working across lots of different industries. Um, but, but, but in essence, your, your company is sitting 
uh, at a sort of a top layer managing very detailed metadata which is then getting distilled down into a essentially just a what's called a hash a a a a number that is then actually registered on the blockchain and it's that hash that is used to tie everything back together that's that's more or less it in a nutshell right yeah exactly exactly and i think at the at the very core of at the very core of it is the most important thing is that bringing isrc which is a unique identifier for the master recording and ISWC, which is a unique identifier for the underlying composition, you know, and bringing, bringing those two identifiers together. And that's a, that's a kind of a foundational, you know, it's a foundational bundle of metadata that, that Verify wants to try to keep as close together as possible. Yeah, brilliant. And so the press release itself, it, it talked very specifically about the, the deal being the kind of the first phase. Um, and my understanding, it was this is very much a sort of a data gathering process. And, uh, and the idea is that it's populating the database, making the registrations, and the, one of the key sort of outputs, if you like, is a proprietary public-facing app. But it, but that app itself will at least demonstrate kind of proof of concept that you can pull in all this kind of disparate data sets and, and tie them all together and keep track of them, right? That, that, is that correct understanding? Absolutely. And I think that, that the, the I, I think the really significant thing about Verify's partnership with, with um, Fuga is it isn't, this isn't abstract. This isn't a white paper. It's not something that is happening in a vacuum or in a complete silo. This is a major industry player and it's taking this technology and putting it in alongside the 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 established user flow between labels and DSPs and it's and it's enhancing it and really looking at specific problems like you know we have we have millions of dollars that can never get settled because we don't know who owns what in publishing. And so you think about, okay, well, why don't we address that publishing information and try to keep that closer to the master recording because the master recording is always what is being monetized and used in DSPs. And so, you know, there's specific use cases that Verify is focusing on so that it's it's solving real problems. Um, you know, changes of ownership in the industry, you know, labels, buying other labels, you know, there's a takedown process that happens at the DSPs that music is taken down when it changes ownership and then everything has to be rebuilt and re-ingested, you know, once, once, it's, once it's now moved from Sony to Warner. Um, you lose everything at the DSP. There's lots and lots of inefficiency there. And, you know, Verify is looking at these really specific problems that are happening in the supply chain and saying, how can we use data and how can we use technology to solve this problem in a different way than how we're solving it right now? Well, I mean, it's what I liked about the the press release. Uh, For once, somebody was coming up with something that actually made sense uh, by using blockchain, right? I mean, it just, it just makes sense. And so, yeah, so that that sort of first phase is, is, I mean, you guys are pioneering this, right? I mean, this is, this is very, very early stage. People have got to understand this isn't like a switch and suddenly blockchain is going to be the thing that, you know, solves all of our industry ills. Um, and of course, the data gathering part is going to be a huge, huge piece of this, um, as it as it always is. Um, and and the second phase, though, I mean, that that's really, I think, where things start to get quite, quite interesting. Cleansing the incomplete data is certainly a big part of it, which is presumably where Xactuals will be 
part of that that right. process um and then uh i think there was a, a line that said uh, using uh, artificial intelligence to aid the process of forming a consensus on multi-party data sentences like that i love um can, can we can we dive into that a little bit are you able to sort i mean i don't you know i don't know how much of that you'll you'll be able to explain if you're looking at metadata and the ability to solve some of these problems that are just vast and wide and that affect the biggest rights holders in the world as well as the smallest rights holders of the world it is really beyond humans and and i think this is part of the problem with some of the rights management organizations around the world is they're they're very tied into their processes of you know human research to figure out who owns what and and you know correct manually correcting things in databases and you know and and verify is is taking a different approach and i think part of this i think part of this is you know is ken umizaki who's the ceo um you know he spent 30 years at Lehman Brothers. So, you know, very deep in the financial sector, um, in that in that world, everything about microtransactions, it's about, you know, this great dispersion, but needing accuracy and needing to have some, you know, some control and some verifiable path of, of how money went, changed hands. And it's really not that, it's really not that different from, some of the problems that we have in, in, in metadata in, in that, you know, it can't really be done by man, by hand. It really needs to be done by machine. And then if you start using artificial intelligence, that's amassing the ability to look at different data sources and getting better over time, the more data sources they look at to say, okay, what are all the, what are all the points of comparison of truth of whether this song is what we think it is? It's, you know, the, the song title, the songwriter name, the publisher, the label, the performing artists, um, then all of the different identifiers, ISRC, ISWC, and looking at all of these things and building artificial intelligence around making a judgment of whether something is likely correct or not. Uh, that's great. Thank you, Vicky. And so kind of my last question, really, just because I think this is probably quite core to a, to a lot of what's going on in terms of the music industry looking at new technologies which is so from cardstack's point of view they've got this user hub and it's so-called chain agnostic i.e you can swap ethereum for something like a private ledger like hyperledger sawtooth via their their use of the the git chain synchronization and syndication protocol but from a music industry point of view how much of a danger are we in seeing sort of other competing I'm going to call it a platform like Verify coming into this space and essentially making it confusing. Too many parties trying to do almost exactly the same thing because because a lot of what you guys are doing very much relies upon adoption. It, it requires companies like Fuga, like say Universal, like Warner Chapel on the publishing side to contribute to what you're doing so that this is all going to work completely and properly. What do you think of that? Like, is there is there anything about kind of what you guys are doing? This is it purely just you're just you've created a concept and you're first to market. Is there is there something special? Well, I, you know what I what I I, I feel like blockchain has gotten um, blockchain has got it's almost been a disservice because people went so deep into cryptocurrency into blockchain technology. 
And very quickly, you get to a place where you actually don't understand, you know, you don't understand what you're talking about, you know, except for a handful of people. And this industry, the industry is not necessarily the the kind of industry that's like, wow, there's new technology. Let's let's get on that. Um, you know, the industry tends to have, you know, decades and decades of practices and systems that support those practices that work for in individual labels and publishers and performing rights organizations, but they're not consistent. You know, you know, it's not like all the labels have the same database structure or all the publishers have some sort of, you know, there's, there's some shared systems and protocols and, and processes, but everybody does things differently. And, um, and Verify is not necessarily a company that's going in anymore and saying, you know, we have a technology and we're now hoping to find a use case for it. it. You know, it's the other way around where Verify has spent really, uh, you know, a couple of years scoping, studying, and understanding really, really deep problems that are that are that are not necessarily being solved. There are. There are lots of people, it's almost like a whack-a-mole with, with metadata, everyone's trying to clean it up. But they went in and studied some of the problems and then came back out and said, okay, some of these things are human problems. Some of these things we can't, we can't solve. We can't change someone's motivation. If they don't think it's important to fix their own metadata, we can't change that because that's human behavior. Um, but there are things that that the technology can do and can solve some problems. And so they focused in on some real world problems in the supply chain, in the value chain, and um, you know, and have some really important label publisher distribution partners who are engaged around it and have you know that they've all also done the same amount of work to see, yeah, there there are some things that, that really aren't being solved by traditional technologies and traditional approaches, and let's let's give it a try. And um, and I think this this partnership with Fuga is great because one of these one of the problems that I hear consistently from rights holders is when the when metadata leaves their building and it goes out into the wild. It gets monetized, gets into distribution systems, into DSPs. Then there's reporting structures back on both the master and the publishing and the performing rights side. And then by the time it all comes back in the way of reports from different DSPs all over the world, there's there's problems. You know, the metadata has changed, and there's and nobody really knows where in this really complex chain that has happened. So. You know, that's a really specific problem where you say, okay, great. So we don't have any record of how metadata traveled all throughout the ecosystem and came back to the rights holders. But in blockchain, we do. So does that solve that one specific problem? Yeah, understood. Yeah, I suppose I, I suppose that where my question sits is, you know, I've spent a lifetime in and around new technologies specifically for the music industry and of course as soon as somebody's had a good idea then everybody else kind of looks and goes that's a good idea maybe maybe we'll make one of those and i, I guess because at some point this is going to get monetized properly um as in you're going to ask 
perhaps you know the distributors or the DSPs or both uh, to make a make some sort of contribution. Maybe it's a, a revenue share or something like that to kind of pay for the service that you're offering. Because of course they will benefit, right? They they will benefit through through better exactly. collections um and of course once money gets involved in it like that then other companies will go well why are they taking some why can't we take some and it's it's the same sort of problems that we've got with the sort of the, you know the pros and how that's now sort of not country specific it's now you can just go off and be competing with with anyone right i i guess i i wondered whether at sort of worst case scenario we end up with a similar situation that we've got with the uh the music recognition technology companies whereby oh, certainly like as a, as a distribution company we now supply uh so we uh, a company that i represent uh supplies a, a lot of them and a lot of the time that's the same information coming back and going to the, the cmos or, or whatever it is but and it kind of doesn't matter at that point it doesn't matter that there are all these kind of other sort of commercial entities essentially doing relatively the same thing probably collecting the same information from the same broadcasters and, and providing similar platforms it kind of doesn't really matter as long as it's making everything better i mean is, is that kind of how you might see it with this i mean because ultimately we could end up with multiple regis registrations uh, on, on different blockchains all carrying the same sort of information all being updated together but again does it matter as long as people are kind of okay with this all happening and everything just working better i mean you know it's kind of worst case scenario as far as i can tell yeah no i know exactly what you're saying and how we we will have one fingerprinting company that 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 raises a big round or gets a big deal and then there will be 10 more that pop up and that are um that are then trying to that are then trying to replicate and you know take business away from the original. Um, I, I mean, I have a, I have a, I, I have a very specific view on all of these things with rights management and the pro fixing problems like metadata problems and rights management problems. In that, um, I don't believe that there is going to be one company that solves all of it. I just don't because many of the needs are and and the nuances around the problems are country specific or they're you know related to copyright laws in a particular country they're related to particular practices in a vertical so there's there's not really one problem that needs to be solved in metadata there's thousands and thousands of smaller problems and i'm hoping that there's a really robust startup community and you know startups that are really strong technologists that come that can come in and do similar to what verify did which is do your homework you know do your homework and understand why these problems exist and understand what you can what you can solve with technology and what you cannot solve with technology and you know understand you know what it what it what it takes to get adoption in this industry because it's also you know, this is this is a difficult industry to get adoption. You know, you 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 know everything is tethered together. You have labels and publishers and performing rights, and it's different all over the world. But they're all really connected, but they're dispersed, and that is hard to get all these different cats herded around your product. Um, so if you have you know if you have technology that solves one particular problem, do that really really well and then go on to the next problem that's adjacent to it and you will almost always find if you solve one problem with really great partners they will identify other problems that could probably also fit into this and i think there's a i think there's a ton of room for all sorts of companies to do this all over the world 
Um, I want, I certainly, you know, I'm an advocate for Verify. And so I, I feel like they've really tackled the supply chain with Fuga and some of these, these deep problems. Well, there's plenty of other problems that need to be, that need to be addressed. So other blockchain companies, great, you know, look at the performing rights space, you know, look at, look at mechanical rights. You know, there's, there's, there's no shortage of problems that need to be solved. I really like the answer. Thank you so much for that. And, and actually in many respects, you know, we've already talked about the fact that you guys already work with other companies that do one specific thing very well, and that's useful to you to solve the problem that you're solving. So, uh, I think the answer was almost already there. So brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Well, that, that was, that was all I had, Vicky. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on and doing all of that. Yeah, this is great, Alex. Thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> and uh, it's good to see you. And and I'm excited. You know, I feel like, you know, with Verify, it's kind of this little company that, that could. And I'm glad you saw it as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, to my listeners, thank you for listening. I welcome all feedback, comments, and suggestions for future shows. My Twitter and Instagram is at Alex Branson, uh, or you can head to the website, which is www.abcmusic.co, where you'll find a contacts page and an email address. And the music branding for this show comes courtesy of the Audio Assassins. There is a link in the show notes to them. Thank you very much. Bye.